Hey everybody, it's Thursday, November 15th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 40 of the Non Sequitur Podcast. I'm sitting here on a couch in New Braunfels, Texas with Amy and I'm Luke. Uh, that's only two people, if you know how to count. Uh, the other two people are still in Washington State. Uh, Kelly Wildrick will not be joining us. He's got some family stuff going on with his mom. So shout out to Kelly and Ma Williams, or no, Williams, that's your mom, Ma Wildrick, that she gets better soon. Uh, and then Melissa will be joining us tomorrow morning. In fact, she's probably getting up in like six hours to join us. Uh, we have spent the whole day in airports or on airplanes. I uh, haven't seen the sun. I'm a little annoyed. She's mad that my big head blocks the little hole on the window of an airplane. Uh, so uh, let's actually just give a quick recap of our day. We, we woke up pretty early. I picked up around 4.30 this morning. And then we went to McDonald's. Can you please explain our McDonald's experience? I wanted breakfast and I didn't want the breakfast food at our house. So we sat at McDonald's in the car for 15 minutes waiting for them to give us our food. Yeah. And it's not like she ordered something like super fancy. Just waiting. And the the lady said, oh, the people in front of you are getting the same thing. And they got their food. And then then it was another seven minutes before we got our food. And I was not a happy person because I hadn't had any food. Yeah, it was pretty frustrating. There was, I counted at least six employees inside of the McDonald's. This is the one in Lacey uh, by uh, Fred Meyer. And they basically were just wandering around. Like two of them were drinking their own private coffee drinks. And the other ones were just talking and chit-chatting. And nobody was making our food. And it made me very upset because we had a plane to catch. But then we got on the plane and it was fun. And uh, then we ended up in Minneapolis. And now we are in Texas. We have a rental car. It's a Ford Focus It has really touchy brakes, and it has already killed one raccoon. Maybe it's killed the raccoon. I was not responsible for that. We just heard a slight thump. So let me let me back the story up. I am a cheapskate, and when it came to renting a car, I was not about to get screwed out of like five or six hundred dollars. So I elected to not have any kind of insurance on a rental car, which you know probably isn't surprising if you know me at all. Uh, but that meant that when the raccoon came darting out from the side of the road tonight in the darkness, I had two options: one, swerve and potentially miss the raccoon, but also potentially cause damage to the car, or two, just hit the raccoon in the head. And we heard a th- thump and just drove on. I was not paying attention to anything that was happening when this occurred. So it was not a fun experience. She was quite startled. She was helping us navigate to our location. She was looking down at a map and suddenly she was like, what just happened? And I was like, uh, raccoon, don't, don't ask. Uh, but then we got to our place. It's awesome. The video should be going up any moment now. I'll post it on the Facebook page. Uh, we have a really nice uh, resort, I guess you'd call it here in New Braunfels, thanks to the Williams family. Uh, also, we went out to the amazing food tonight. There's a bunch of great, uh, what kind of restaurants do you call these things? There were, they called them Tex-Mex restaurants. That sounds offensive. I didn't come up with the name. So it's a Texican-Mexican restaurant? It's a Texas-Mexican restaurant. Got it. So we went out to a place called, actually I don't remember, Adobe Verde. Yes. Got it. And I got a massive burrito that was filled with taco tortilla chip nuggets. It's called the Crunchy Munchy Burrito. It was awesome. He thought it was full of chili. I had tacos that were chicken tacos with avocado and they were delicious. I didn't know you liked avocado. They're green. Yes. Is that the one green thing you'll eat? I eat peas too. Oh God. You've, you're, I hate you. All right. So <laughs> we've got uh, to give a little update. We're going to do daily updates about the Ferrari sightings. Well, actually all F1 sightings. Amy, can you explain this? So kind of half randomly decided to start counting the... F1 swag outside of the official F1 
locations. Yeah, because counting at the track would cause you to like have an aneurysm. Or something like that. So we started counting in SeaTac. We continued to count through uh, Minneapolis, the airport in Austin, which kind of made my head hurt. And there was almost a fist fight. Um, and as it turns out here at our Worldmark, as it stands right now, Ferrari has 13 fan sightings. Ferrari, there's something wrong with you. There have been three Red Bull sightings and a very lovely conversation with a couple of the Red Bulls. Um, and two McLaren sightings, which nearly got into a fistfight with the Ferrari guys. If it was one of those, if the Ferrari guys weren't getting on the bus, something might have happened. Also, there's a dude that looks a whole lot like Fernando Alonso's little brother. <laughs> it was kind of creepy. So if a, if a fight were to break out between the McLaren and the Ferrari camps, do you think I'd be allowed to join the McLaren side? I don't think you would be allowed to join the fight because we're not bailing you out of jail, remember? What about uh, potentially moving, displacing, or damaging the Ferrari flag outside? You are not allowed to damage, move, displace, destroy, burn, <laughs> deface in any way the Ferrari flag outside. Also, I just met a lovely woman who is a huge Kimi Raikkonen fan. Uh, we sold Kelly's ticket to her. Oh, look, a TARDIS sound in the background. Uh, we just sold a ticket to a lovely uh, Kimi Raikkonen fan. So if this lady ends up listening to the podcast, you are awesome, and I hope Kimi does well. Uh, any other updates? What are your ex expectations, Amy? What do you expect tomorrow, your first F1 sighting? I expect that I will have a headache because it will be very loud. I also am really trying not to have too many expectations so that I am not disappointed. Actually, have you ever been to any form of motor race before? No. Wow, this is the deepest end of the pool for you then. You didn't even start out at the low end. All right, this could be an interesting day tomorrow. Again, Melissa will be joining us in the evening, but the next thing you'll probably hear is Amy and I screaming, trying to talk over the sound of F1 cars. All right, until then, we'll catch you later. All right, it is now Friday morning. Amy and I are in the drive-thru for a McDonald's. Uh, what do you think the odds are of us getting our food within 15 minutes? Not high. There's like seven cars in front of us. Yeah, this is not a very uh, fast, orderly service here. Uh, oh, wait, that's it. Oh, crap. I'm on the thing. Hold on. Uh, we'd like a number four meal with orange juice, please. And what type of orange juice would you like? Uh, medium. Medium. Okay, would you like anything else? Uh, can I get a number eight meal with orange juice? And what type of orange juice? Uh, medium again. Okay, would you like anything else? No thanks. Would you like any salt, pepper, ketchup? Uh, no thanks. Okay, very good. Next character on the screen will be 11:34. All right, thank you. All right, so I'm bad apparently at knowing where to speak into microphones. I think we're gonna get better service here than in Olympia. Uh, although this does feel like Olympia, I'm going to be honest. We turned on the radio in the car for the first time, and the radio was on 96.1, Mix 96.1. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And then we found Spira 105.9, which is basically like the same Christian station we have in Olympia. Also, I found out that Amy is more of a freak than I realized. She admitted in the car ride here that she has an easier time waking up to numbers on the clock that are prime numbers. Can you explain yourself? Uh, there's not really much to explain. I wake up to prime numbers better. <laughs> and with that, we'll catch you later. And we are back. If you can tell from the noise in the background, we are at the racetrack. We have now watched Friday practice part one, and we are sitting in the grandstands and are close to assigned seats. Amy, what are your thoughts so far at this beautiful day in Austin? It It is ridiculously windy. Um, but they probably know that already. <laughs> the track is is kind of spectacular. It's It's way more... There's way more than I thought there would be. Like, it's 
way more exciting, way more intense than I thought it would be. Even like having seen him on TV and everything, just like it's way exciting. Yeah, we've we've walked about oh, I don't know eighty percent of the track around the perimeter so far, and it really does have that like new car feel. Like everything is nice and crisp. Like the paint on the curbs down there, the white and the red, is just well done. There's no chipping or cracks or like everything just feels so brand new. And I feel like a five year old on Christmas Day looking at all of it. It's just so exciting. I, I think the most interesting part so far has been the fact that you can hear the difference in the cars in terms of like their quality almost like the faster cars they are louder and they they sound like they're going faster versus like the marusha just kind of sounds like it's trying so hard and isn't isn't being successful yeah it, it is a, a little bit funny because you can tell when they're really on it and not really on it because the sound changes like completely like and this like the sound is louder when you're behind the car, which is not what I would have thought. And they make a lot more noises than you hear on TV. Oh, God, they're so loud. Even with my hearing protection on, I was still a little bit overwhelmed by the volume. I think Melissa's going to hate this. I think that we will have her covered. We've got some noise-canceling stuff. We've got the in-ear stuff. I think with all that, that she'll be covered. But, I mean, they make a weird popping sound all the time. And some cars make more of it than others. And... It's a little ridiculous. I think one of the things, so we walked into the track, we were like, I don't know, 15 minutes late for the beginning of, of, of practice one. And uh, there was this moment where we walked kind of like through this grandstand area. And there was this moment, at least for me, where I'm looking at the track for the first time in the cars and I'm like, holy crap, this is real. For I know. The, for, the it, uh. for the first time in all these months, it was like, I'm for, with my real eyes watching a Formula One car go around the track. And it was like a moment that I've just been waiting for so many years. It was really neat to experience finally. Yeah, I, it, it's crazy. I, yeah. they, they are very, very fast. I mean, that is, like, when you see it with your real eyes, it is uh, astoundingly, like, the way they go around corners, even though they're, they're barely really pushing so far because the track hasn't really rubbered in. It's very uh, slippery for them. So by Sunday, I would imagine that the speeds will be even more impressive. Uh, I'm actually a little bit pissed off at the sun right now. Uh, not only is it directly beating on my skin, but... As usual for me, I did not bring any kind of sunscreen, so I'm gonna have the most wicked farmer's tan. And uh, so anyway, back to the shuttles. They are they are charter buses, like full-size charter buses. And I would not be surprised if there are not at least a hundred of them being used for this. We're pretty sure that every charter bus in Texas is being used at this point because they are everywhere. Is that your bottle? Yes. <laughs> Can you grab that? <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break as Amy runs down five sets of bleachers trying to get a water bottle. Catch you later. Why are you singing James Bond? I, it was the podcast music. That was the podcast music? That's my attempt.
pumped at the podcast music. <laughs> All right, everybody. If you can hear that lovely voice, that means that you recognize my beautiful wife, Melissa. Say hello. 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 And I'm Luke. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> I, I'm feeling a little of the effects of my sunburn. Um, so we are still in Texas. Melissa has joined us. Uh, any, any memorable stories from your flight? Um, no. That happens sometimes. Uh, I want to give a quick thought about my travels in Texas. Uh, I've never lived or driven in a state that had such smooth roads. I think because it stays pretty warm around here, it doesn't freeze and there's not a lot of water. Uh, they're like billiard ball smooth. Like it's. But you've been to California and Southern California doesn't have roads this smooth. I feel like California has, I think it's, they have concrete because they last longer and you have to have expansion joints with concrete. That could so. be it. All right, so yes, the roads here are cool. The weird thing, though, is that everything in our area of Texas is remarkably German. The names of everything, street signs, road, like the newspaper here is the Herald Zeitung. I mean, like everything is crazy German. Have you noticed that, Melissa? Uh, absolutely, I noticed that. I, I mean, apparently everybody has Americanized the pronunciation of everything, so most of it's not pronounced. Yeah, we're on we're on Gruna Road, and everybody's called it Green because yeah. that's the German word for Green Grün. Um, Amy, thoughts? Tell us about your sunburn. I have a sunburn. <laughs> we have we have made poor decisions with our day. We sat in the hot Texas sun without shade or sunscreen of any kind. So Amy has a pretty sweet uh, tan line from her necklace. It's November. You don't get sunburns in November. You do in Texas. Also Australia. Um, so we were at the F1 track. You kind of heard our thoughts about that. I noticed that uh, the McLarens are running with Verizon sponsorship instead of Vodafone. That was weird. I was like, is this the right car? Am I paying attention to the right car? What is this car? Do you think they're doing it because they're in the U.S.? I'm wondering if it's the same parent company. I bet it is. Hmm. Amy, why do you have your phone? Because we have our daily count. So Ferrari is at 14. Red Bull has made it up to four, except I think that might be wrong. I think it might actually be five. McLaren is at five. Yay! Salber is at two, and we had a Pirelli sighting by Melissa in the airport. Wait, like a Pirelli employee? Well, so when I got to baggage claim, there's one of those like limo drivers holding a sign. But instead of like a person's name, it was just the Pirelli logo. Whoa, so that could be like Paul Hembry coming from, from Europe somehow? That's what I was thinking, like the Pirelli guy. That is pretty slick, actually. So I was, I was sitting, while well, I was waiting for you guys, because um, they ran into traffic and didn't pick me up right away. It was, it was not good limo service for me, but um, while I was sitting there, kind of out of the corner of my eye, for a while I was looking to see who the Pirelli guy would pick up, and then I got distracted by my crossword puzzle, so I have no idea. Um, the other things that we talked about earlier, we talked about, you know, the people that were counting. We have our Lewis Hamilton, mini Lewis Hamilton in the jumpsuit, which we talked a little bit about earlier. And again, Luke's going to post a picture of that tonight because I think it's adorable. The rest of our honorable mentions, we will describe them as best we can. There weren't really anything else today, um, but pictures will be posted when we get back. Did we talk about the guy with the Ferrari F1 car on his head? You just did. All right, then I will share a picture of that. Like, it's not a hat with like a, a picture. It's like a 
18 inch model of an F1 car with a hole in the bottom to stick on his head. So all of the all of the the doom and gloom we prophesied about them not letting anything fun into the track does not seem to have come true. No, 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 no. People are in there with like two foot long camera lenses and we snuck food in and like everything is just fair game. It, like it, there's no rules. So basically no booze, no firearms. But other than that, you're good to go. I'm not even positive about that. Well, they don't want you to bring the booze in, but they will do everything they can to get you to buy it there. That makes sense. Um, quick thing. I am now fully in Amy's camp on the hatred of Texas stars. I don't know if that's actually what they're called. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, Melissa, but every single handle on every drawer and cupboard in the kitchen has a Texas star on it. Okay. They're everywhere. They're on every bridge that we came across, every piece of highway. Like you could be in one area of the highway and just scan around and see 20 or 30 Texas stars all over the place. So people are proud. It's over the, over the limit. There's one thing about the stars, but the Texas star with the like wedginess to it, they just get old so fast and everyone thinks they're off. Just because we come from a state where our logo is basically heads on a quarter. um, (laughs) What if we had heads everywhere? What if you had like George Washington heads on your your cupboards? That'd be hilarious. (laughs) Actually, actually, fun story. So Emily, who has been on the podcast before when she worked in the executive office of the president, you didn't know that about her, did you? (laughs) Um, the building they worked in the old executive office building the OEOB um, used to house the cabinet departments um, and the the section where Emily's office was Department of the Navy and so all of the doorknobs from the like 19th century still have anchors on them and the Department of the Army um, is in a different area and they have, I don't remember what, but like all the doorknobs are coded for the different um, cabinet departments that were in the building. That is super cool. All right, Melissa, since you have not actually been to the F1 track, what are your expectations for tomorrow? To be honest, I'm I'm picturing a little bit like going to the county fair only with race cars. So it's it's kind of wide open. There's a lot of sun, a lot of heat, a lot of different smells. Um, lots, lots of people, cool stuff to see, loud noises, etc. Actually, one of the weird things that stood out to me was that in, relative to other race cars, and I've smelled a lot of race cars, F1 cars don't have a distinct aroma in the same way that traditional race cars do. Um, typically when you go to a track, whether it's something like Le Mans race cars or cart or even rally races, you can smell the brakes, you can smell, you know, the tires, you can smell the exhaust. There's a lot of like distinct fumes. You probably smelled that when we went to the rally race this summer, but F1 cars seemingly don't have any of that. I think they run the fuel too clean and they use pure carbon brakes. So like they're almost odorless from, from the spectating positions, which... Sure, but with all the people and the food trucks and stuff, I mean, there has to be plenty to smell there. It is, it is a good smelling place, actually. <laughs> it, in, in spite of the fact that we're in the middle of farm country, like I didn't smell any horses or anything like that. It was mostly just, you know, barbecued food and other things. Today, we today that's what it smelled like. I'm pretty sure when you add more people some of whom probably just drank beer and didn't take showers. It will start to smell less pleasant. All right, well, we will check back in with you guys tomorrow with an update about the smelliness of people. Hey, everybody. It's Saturday morning. Melissa's with me. Yay! You're about to hear your first F1 car without hearing protection. I know. Where are my earplugs? So we have made it to the track. Quite an adventure. We got to see a lot of freeway, the University of Texas at Austin. And now we are at the track. Oh, I can see 
someone who might either be Kamui or Sergio. It's very exciting. You probably can't hear me at all at this point, but it's still <laughs> very exciting. I would like some hearing protection. just recorded we'll have to see a little bit later what you just heard are all of the well I won't say all a loud and passionate contingent of the Mexican fans here at the race cheering for who uh, Sergio Perez aka Checo they are very excited they're waving a Mexican flag and drawing quite a crowd and and quite a few luchador hats uh, masks 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 yeah, so we'll check back in when we see wait, something wait, 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 else. Wait. What? We need to talk about the bathrooms here. Oh, okay. So, something to love about motorsports. The line in the women's restroom, non-existent. <laughs> the line for the men's restroom? Out the door. And around the corner. Yep. <laughs> so, yes, many, many things to love here at the Circuit of the Americas, and we'll check back in with more when we find some. So, we are back again. If you've been listening this whole time, you wouldn't have noticed us being gone. <laughs> but we are about to watch qualifying for the USGP 2012. Very exciting. But before that happens, we, we need to talk about a few things. Luke's got a list, but I want to start with my question. Um, we, we just heard an advertisement for Formula One on NBC next year. What does that mean for our friends, David Hobbs, Steve Manchett, Will Buxton, and Bob Varsha? So, NBC has announced the broadcast team for next year. It is Lee Diffie, who we really enjoy. Yay, Lee! And David Hobbs and Steve Matchett. So Bob's the only one left off the team. And, and they haven't announced a, a pit reporter yet, so it could be Will, it could be somebody else. All right, everybody, tweet NBC asking for Will Buxton. Save his job! Right, Amy? Yes. Amy agrees. Are we nervous at all about NBC having the coverage? Do you think they'll do a good job of showing it live, or will it all be tape delayed? Um, what I read, because I did read an article about it, was that they were going to be doing stuff live. Um, some of them are going to be before the IndyCar races in the States, and so they're going to have to pair that somehow together well. Um, but that's that they're planning to do them live because they don't want to tape delay them. But NBC Sports, which most of the races will be on, those are likely to be live. I mean, it's a sports network. It's like ESPN. It's like all of the other networks. They, they hold stuff live. That's true. I'm just worried that with what they did with the Olympics that they might be more worried about getting ratings than being gen, you know, genuine with the times. It's possible. And the ones that are on NBC proper will probably be ta- tape delayed, just like the ones on Fox were. That's true. With the Olympics, NBC Sports ran live coverage. They didn't tape delay the Olympics on NBC Sports. They only did the tape delays on NBC. 
So I want to tell you guys, I had a dream about Formula One last night. Really? Yeah. Shocking. It was at this this track. It was, you know, I I dreamt about the beginning of the race. So what happens if my premonition comes true? We'll all know if I'm, like, clairvoyant or not. Uh, Alonso ends up getting tapped at the beginning and damages his suspension. And then there's, like, some kind of crazy carnage, so they have to, like, restart the, the, the start. Like, you know, they regret everybody. And then on the, the restart, Massa gets pushed off by Button in turn one and he crashes. Both Ferraris out. I don't know anything else after that. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a well, dream. It's a dream. That's what I dreamt last time, night. It is about that time. I have missed uh, some great stuff yesterday and today, but you are in for an absolute treat. Knockout qualifying for the World Formula One Championship about to unfold. Okay, we need to do some predictions. Who is going to be on pole at least? We need to predict that. So, Melissa, go. Vettel. Amy. Vettel. Luke. Oh, man, that's the easy option. Um, I'm going to say Lewis, just to be a contrarian. And you never know. Lewis could pull it off. Where's Heike going to finish? 17th. Wow, Q2. Cool. Q2. I'm going to say 19th. 16th. Whoa, Amy. He's got to get a good start so that way he can come in 11th. Right. One of the big concerns they're having here is that the uh, all of the guys have been running on the right side of the track to go up to turn one. So... Odd numbers are going to be favored on Sunday, so one, three, five are going to have better chance. Like you'd be better off being third than second, kind of thing. Interesting, interesting. I wonder how that will impact strategy. I have no idea. It might. Someone might try to intentionally land, land an odd uh, time. Well, it's about time for us to see if we can make our earplugs fit once again. So um, we will uh, check back with other things. Hey everybody, it's time for your Saturday night recap. I'm joined on the couch by Melissa and Amy as usual. Uh, we are exhausted. We've been up for so many hours. I'm looking into Amy's eyes and she looks like she just wants to pass out on the couch. Uh, we uh, got up at what, 5.30? And it's now almost 10 o'clock. So we watched a full Saturday of F1 at the racetrack today. Uh, you guys heard, well, you guys will hear when I post the final version of this, all of the, uh, you know, pre-qualifying predictions, but I think we should maybe see if any of us got anything right. Uh, ladies, what about you guys? Tell me about your predictions and what actually came true. Sebastian's on pole. Just like yep. predicted? Yep. Yeah, but what about Heike? We don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. What was your prediction, Melissa? I don't remember. 17th. And Amy? 16th. And I don't remember what I said now that I think about it. You said 19th. Uh, 19th. Okay. And what did he actually come in? 22nd. What's the deal with that? He's usually way faster. Well, considering his body language at the end of qualifying, I suspect the car had something to do with it. They just don't have it dialed in yet? I, I don't I don't know. We, we didn't get any transmissions or anything from Heike or his engineers, so it's unclear if the car just is underdeveloped compared to some of the other cars at this point in the season, or if there's a, a problem that's this week's problem. On a brighter note, we actually got to see Heike today, like with our real eyes, not in a helmet or in a race car. Like he was maybe 25 feet away. That's well, you got to take a picture of him. I, there is a picture. I might post it tonight. 
Yeah, there was a a, a fairly disappointing promise of autographs. Wait, did I make this promise? No, the the event organizers. I just want to make sure I wasn't in hot water. No, the event organizers were going on and on about there are all these announcements, you know, you have an opportunity to get an autograph from your favorite drivers and And we did hype it a little bit to Melissa in the overnight. Yeah, do we want to actually talk about our crazy plan or just ignore that? Uh, just ignore that. <laughs> but more importantly, one figures one goes and gets in line and and there might be several lines to choose from and one looks for the short one that's probably for the team no one cares about and, and one gets an autograph and it turns out one had to be the daughter of a senator or something and get a magical wristband. So, I mean, was it just the fact that, that Caterham came between McLaren and Ferrari that screwed us over? No, I, all the wristbands were gone when Red Bull, who went first, were oh. on stage. Yeah. So they were handing them out all at one group, and then you just got to... I never saw anybody handing them out. I don't even know how or where or when you would have gotten a wristband. All I know is that when I went to go find the right line to stand in 90 minutes before the signing I wanted to attend, the event staff were telling people that if you don't have a wristband, you're not getting in today. That's pretty rough. I wish there was a, a more reasonable way to do that. We also did get to see Sebastian Vettel with our eyes, which was kind of cool. Your your real eyes? Yes, our real eyes. It was kind of cool because I like Sebastian. Wait, so what does he look like in real life? Is, it, is he tall, short? Does he look pretty much the same? Did he shave today? We were too far away, but I think he shaved. Um, he He's not particularly tall or particularly short. He's much blonder, which was a little weird. He just, it seemed very blonde and it was... Did he seem very affable? Was he like smiling and waving at people? or did He, he was high-fiving the, the people waiting in line for the next team okay. to do autographs. Hat. He threw his hat to the crowd. Wow. I told you, he went off script and his, uh, his minder got a little nervous. I was going to say, do you think he got yelled at afterwards? Probably not. <laughs> They're probably used to him doing things like that. We, we came in right at the end of the McLaren group to try to see Heike, and Lewis was just getting into the SUV, and the crowd was like losing their mind, and then somehow his helmet or a helmet bearing a striking resemblance to his normal helmet was like somehow being displayed. I don't know. It was, it looked all sorts of crazy. I, I think they didn't do a very good job organizing it. Cause I, I, we might as well talk about it now. One of the most like shameful parts of the entire day was the, the crowd trying to get into that small select group of wristband sh- selections. Like it was, you want to explain it? Well, it sounded like for Ferrari, they had enough time that they were going to open it up to 30 additional people. So they started, the people who'd been kind of loitering around the entrance area, they started letting people in and people realized what was happening and started pushing and shoving and making it really quite dangerous. And the event organizers essentially had to shut the line down and back everybody off in order to make it safe and and the guy threatened and i think he should have followed through but well, wasn't there some he threatened well no there was a different situation the guy threatened that if people didn't back off he wasn't gonna let anybody else in and he also a different organizer um had to have a woman escorted out of the area by uh, the sheriff <laughs> serious business today at circuit of the americas there was also a disappointment for amy yeah so it was nine o'clock in the morning when we got to the track Not only were they already selling the beer, but there were people purchasing the beer and drinking it. At 9 o'clock in the morning, people, please drink water and not beer. Although, to Melissa's point. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. (laughs) I thought that was great. All right, what else? I have one more thing on my agenda, I think. You all right? 
No, you're dealing at my. Oh yeah, we went to Fan Fest. We did go to Fan Fest. For all of like 20 minutes. What is FanFest, Amy? FanFest is chaos downtown Austin. I don't really know what it is. <laughs> it seems like they've blocked off like, what, up to maybe 16 blocks, like four by four, it seems. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, four by four, and they've closed all the roads and all of the restaurants and bars and everything seem to be doing like special, like try to get the fans in. And then the, the roads are like filled with like promotional displays like Melissa sat in a replica Lotus 49 F1 car from the sixties. And they had something that looked like a Renault F1 car from a couple years ago <clears throat> and all sorts of like classic cars and Fiat has a big presence trying to sell the 500. And, and there are F1 show cars from this year. We just didn't get far enough in to find them. Yeah. FanFest started getting a little bit crazy. And so we kind of backed out. I think we'll hit it again tomorrow night, but it's a, it's a neat place. Downtown uh, Austin is actually surprisingly cool. We went to the Capitol building and walked around. We walked quite a bit. I think that's why we're so tired right now. Um, but I think we'll go back tomorrow for more FanFest. Um, it's also our last day of Formula One. Uh, do we have any expectations or goals? Um, Sebastian wins. Sebastian wins is your goal? That's my goal. <laughs> what about you, Amy? The championship will be over because Sebastian won. <laughs> These girls have high expectations of how this is going to turn out. If Sebastian does win, he will clinch the championship. I think, actually, with the way Fernando is starting tomorrow, I don't think he's got any chance of winning the race. So it, it most surely will. So I think we might try to like weasel our way to the front straight or never leave the front straight because we want to be able to see the podium ceremony if possible at the end. So um, we will check back in with you tomorrow with our final recap of the USGP from Austin, Texas. Until then, goodbye. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Sunday afternoon. We are getting ready for the festivities to begin with the F1 race. It is just about time for the F1 drivers parade. So this is where the drivers get in the cars and drive around for a lap? I don't know. I think, I think this that's is... exactly what's going to happen. I think okay. the drivers are going to sit on the back of these convertibles, possibly with or without grid girls, and do a lap of the track waving. Yay! So we all get to see our favorite drivers. Potentially. The track is suddenly full of more people than I think we have seen all day long. One wonders where they all came from. But it looks like it is just about the moment. The drivers are getting ready to come out, hop in the back of their cars, and I'm in perfect line of view for another hikey sighting. Amy, you have not missed the entire driver's parade. How excited are you to see them with your real eyes? I'm very excited and I'm really mad that I missed the parts that I did miss. What did you miss? Well, I missed a bunch of them. You missed like five. Yeah, they're not going in total order. So even though you see Nico Hulkenberg, there's still some fast guys to come. Has Sebastian gone by? Yes, he was first. But... Heike hasn't. Heike hasn't. Most importantly, I would like to make my, my moronic F1 statement of the day. Are you ready for it? They look exactly the same in person as they do on TV. I would like to point out that as I was walking hurriedly back over here, um, as I was walking past Roman's car, he waved. At so you? Waved at me. Roman waved at Amy. That's so exciting. You know, Roman, Roman waved at Amy. We actually, the crowd that we were sitting with almost killed Sergio Perez. Oh, no. Well, not really. We were just cheering his name. And by we, I mean the guys by the fence. And he waved at us. And by us, I mean the guys by the fence. And then his car started <laughs> to drive while he was waving. It was oh. a little bit alarming. Oops. But I would just like to say I totally recognize Nico Hulkenberg by his hair. That's a little creepy. But they look the same as they do on TV. They do. I am going to watch, you know, through my binoculars to see them better. Do you need binoculars? I already used the binoculars <laughs> and felt like a stalker, so feel free. The race is about to begin. Thoughts, predictions, 
anything for the good of the order before we begin? So I was looking at the grid order after uh, Romain Grosjean's penalty, and I'm feeling pretty good about Sebastian winning this championship now because Alonso's in eighth, and then Romain is in ninth, and then Maldonado is in tenth. So if Fernando can survive the two crashiest guys immediately behind him at this track, he pretty much deserves the title, but I don't see it happening. Uh, total change of topics. So it sounds like there's a good 100,000 people that bought tickets for this event. Uh, do you think that that number will continue to stay where it's at in future years, or will it decline like Korea, Singapore, and a lot of the other tracks that have been added? I don't know. It would be interesting to see if the move to NBC and a more conventional network changes the uh, visibility of F1 in the United States. I definitely think there will be a decline when it's at the inaugural Grand Prix. Because we're not coming next year, so... Right, but at the same time, I mean... Sergio Perez is driving for McLaren and they have a good year, all of Mexico might show up. <laughs> That's true. That could be kind of a crazy track next year. What about you, Amy? Do you think the race will stay popular? I think for a year, sure. Um, with the potential of the New Jersey track coming in two years now, I think that that one could gain popularity and they kind of might back and forth a little bit on themselves as to who's more popular. I think that, I mean, depending on the economy, the cost of the tickets could be the biggest thing that's going to affect the popularity of coming to the event. All right, should we do some listener questions? Do we have any? We do. All right, let's take a couple. From Aaron in New York City, uh, Culture Clash, Rednecks, City Slickers, Issues, Fights, are you going to get a big-ass hat? Uh, you know what? I saw some some hats that what, were... The big-ass hats? They were the biggest. <laughs> I think these hats were the size of golf umbrellas. Nice. They were hilariously Wait, were hats huge. Hats or sombreros? Hats. Big old 10-gallon. I mean, they were clearly like costumey fake Texas hats, but they were hilarious. Uh, I have no intention of buying any kind of large hat. I may consider a McLaren hat, but we'll get to that later. Uh, any culture clash? Well, I mean, you've probably been listening long enough to know about Amy's problem with Texas stars. Anything else? No. And no, I'm not buying a hat. So there you go. Can we actually inter interrupt the listener questions to talk about the swag here? Uh, I've been having this weird dilemma over the last couple days about wanting to get something McLaren, but realizing that all you're doing is buying a big billboard to wear around. Uh, Amy's shirt is quite tasteful. It just has a Red Bull bowl on it. But most of these other things are like the full logos and sponsorship decals of companies that support the... Well, yeah, see on the back, it's still just Red Bull. But I mean, most of these people like Mobile One and, and Shell and Bridgestone, like you guys have... All these, like, you're wearing advertisements for these companies, and it just looks kind of, like, distasteful at some level. Uh, have you guys been pondering that same question if you were thinking about buying clothes? Absolutely. But more to the point, I'd, how many opportunities would I have when I would feel comfortable wearing such a billboard around? That's what I've been wondering about, too, because I kind of wanted the McLaren hat, but instead of saying, like, McLaren, it says Vodafone. Like, it's just a big Vodafone logo, which nobody would understand because it's not even an American company. It does say McLaren on the side. It says MP427 at least on one side. I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's, I'm wearing a Vodafone hat, not a McLaren hat. But you would know. But no one else, nobody else would. Other people who are on the inside would know. And you'd have guys come up to be like, nice hat, dude. Possibly. I think it'd just get me in more fights. It might, with Ferrari fans. All right, next question. Um, from James Greaves in California. If NASCAR was to switch to Formula One or Indy cars, who, if any, do you think would be dominant driving such high-powered cars? So I guess what NASCAR drivers could handle Formula One cars? Kimi Raikkonen. 
That, that's kind of a cheating answer. Uh, Juan Pablo Montoya? Ooh, Juan Pablo and Rubens uh, could totally do it because yeah. they used to be F1 drivers. Yeah. I was going to say, aren't those also cheating as well because they used to be F1 drivers? Um, yes. So basically cheating. we're answering this as saying only F1 drivers could handle <laughs> We don't know anything about NASCAR drivers, so we're useless for this question. I think they're just not physically fit enough. I think some of them would have to go through some serious conditioning to even be remotely competitive. Well, plus we learned with watching the year of the Sebastians that being a great driver in other series does not necessarily make you... And that was the cannon. Was it really? Apparently well, that was the cannon. The, the explosive dog behind me did not seem to be at all disturbed by it. Melissa seems rattled, though. <laughs> was that time to go off, or did that just go off on its own? I'm guessing it was time. I, hope that, I don't know. I hope that came through good on the microphone. <laughs> Melissa still can't compose herself. <laughs> Next right. question. Um, from Mark in Tonino. What, what celebrities have you seen? Are there a lot of foreigners around? What is the most outrageous outfit you have seen? So celebrities. Celebrities, Amy? Um, we've seen Patrick Dempsey on the screen. We've seen Ron Howard on the screen. We saw George Lucas on the screen. Um, seeing celebrities in real life, not so much. They're all on the other side of the big giant fence and wall contraption on the other side of the track. Um, can't think of anybody else that we've seen. There've been a couple of famous drivers that we've seen. Mario Andretti's here. Mario Andretti is here. We actually think that he might be doing the podium ceremony. So this we hope be, so. Eh, I don't know. Um, I saw Bruno Senna. Like he was mere feet away. I could have touched him. Amy. I saw Sebastian Buemi's nose through the car. <laughs> That's how I know it was him. It's because he has a very distinct nose. He does have a distinct nose. What was the next part? Um, are, are there a lot of foreigners around? Yes. Yes. A lot of people that, well, they're probably totally Americans, but they don't speak very much English around here. Uh, no, we, but there are totally people from other countries. Have you not heard the plethora of British fans? I've seen a lot of busted teeth, so maybe those are just the British fans. I haven't heard very many talking. Oh, well, you need to use your ears better, because I've heard a lot of them talking, and most of them without busted teeth, so... And what is the most outrageous outfit? Um, well, there was that girl yesterday in line wearing a, a lace dress and... Seemingly nothing else. Seemingly nothing else that a fashion blogger liked well enough to you, take a picture of. You saw a former president today. Who did I see? Oh, that's right. Abraham Lincoln. I saw Abraham Lincoln today. <laughs> I'd forgotten all about him. Yes, he, his outfit was not outrageous. It was, it was very tastefully done. Although, I didn't know Abe Lincoln wore blue jeans. Of course he did. He was a trendsetter. I, I think he would have worn blue jeans had they been invented. I would like to point out that in the conversation of the swag, I am a little disappointed at the fact that there hasn't been ridiculous swag and the swag hasn't like escalated over the weekend. We saw the guy with the Ferrari hat and the Mini Lewis and haven't seen anything else particularly noteworthy. Except today I did see a, a Mini Jensen and he was pretty cute too. How, how could you tell? What makes him Jensen? Just that he's white in McLaren outfit? I mean, come on, what, what makes him Mini Jensen? Let's. I think his hat was a Jensen hat. I couldn't see the hat very well, but I just assumed he was a mini Jensen. And he didn't look like Lewis. Can I nominate these 24 women down there as most outrageous outfits? The, the grid girls are surprisingly tasteful, let's be honest. Given that this is America, I was expecting much worse. I was basically expecting, expecting Hooters waitresses. Um, fringed cowgirl skirts, red cowgirl boots, and white tank tops. 
No hats, though, unfortunately. Hats would have been a nice... Cute little Stetson would have been great. All right, we have time for one more question. Uh, I think we'll hold off. I think we'll wait for another group of them to come in, and then we'll do one more group at the end. All right, so we'll be back possibly with more questions, possibly with uh, just a bunch of hysterical shrieking. All right, so since the cars have gone onto the grid, what development has happened? Well, we just heard from the announcers that Felipe Massa has performed by himself, I believe. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But Felipe Massa has had a strategic gearbox change that resulted in a five-grid spot penalty, pushing his teammate Alonso from eighth on the dirty side of the track to seventh on the clean side of the track, but still directly in front of... Roman Grosjean. Now... What would we think is happening with this? Shenanigans! Are we okay with this? No! If something new happens, we will let you know. distance. We have about a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how, how do you feel about this? Oh my gosh! So we got to see Heike pass Charles Peak on tour 20 where we're standing. Melissa's with kind of excited. Kind of really excited. This is a little strange coming from Melissa. Um, we've also seen Sebastian Kobay a number of times which has been quite exciting. Um, Luke, do you have any thoughts? The cars are so loud inside that tunnel. Do not go to the bathroom during this race. All right. So uh, if anything new and exciting happens, um, we will come back to you. We have a battle for first going on. Who's it between? Uh, Hamilton and Vettel. Who's in the lead? Vettel, for now. Alright, I don't know what the last thing you guys heard was, but we were at the racetrack. Now we are back at home at our our hotel, whatever you want to call it. Um, we were so tired yesterday that we just couldn't possibly bring you guys an update. But I think we now we should we should talk about the race and how it went and our thoughts on live F1 viewing. Um, you girls, I think, recorded some stuff uh, while I was off taking pictures. Did you guys have anything you wanted to share about the race itself? I don't know. Is it harder to watch in, in real life than it is to watch on TV? Yes, because even with the, the commentary and the we had both a small fan vision screen and the, the big screen that we could watch on, you want to actually see the cars go by your spot, or at least I did. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's total like split focus you know, trying to keep track of what's happening elsewhere on the track, which of course isn't necessarily, as we remember from anytime we've watched on TV, you're not necessarily watching the part of the race you want to see. You know, they're focusing on the battle for first or the battle for eighth and the guy I want to see is in 19th or whatever. Um, So it was that like trying to time it so that I'm keeping track of what's going on big picture, but then also looking up to cheer when Heike drives by. One of the things that I think you guys might have touched on uh, was the whole Masa controversy. Did you guys really explain what happened or did you just bring yeah. it up? Yeah, well, we, we explained 
Like, that they intentionally... Okay, so yeah, anybody that maybe didn't quite understand, Ferrari intentionally opened Moss's gearbox just to penalize him to give Alonso an advantage. And uh, the F1 uh, pit lane has been kind of divided about how they feel. Uh, many people were upset because they were on the good side of the track um, behind Massa, and when he did his thing, it moved them up to the wrong side of the track. And uh, it just seems kind of like a crummy thing to do to a driver um, just to benefit your other driver. Do you guys have any thoughts apart from what you said yesterday? Well, I mean, I understand the F1 is a team sport and that you sometimes manipulate one team member to favor another. And it happens all the time in the sport, but... Wait, does it actually happen all the time or is it just Ferrari does it all the time? Well, no, I mean, we've seen things like last year or the year before, there was a whole thing with Mark Webber and the two new parts, one for each car and Sebastian broke his. So Mark had to do and had to have an old part and Sebastian got the new part and he was very upset. That's fair. So, I mean, stuff happens all the time. I guess where I call shenanigans is the whole manipulation of the grid. That's what I don't think is, it's not, I mean, it's unfortunate for Massa, but he knew what he was getting into when he signed his contract with Ferrari as a number two, like he gets that. But the, the whole manipulating the entire grid thing seems a little wrong. I think they should have given him a six grid penalty spot, (laughs) knowing that, that he was trying to manipulate the grid. That would have been pretty funny. And F1 is completely arbitrary, so they could have. One thing that I did notice, at least where we were sitting, was that the fans mostly just like were quiet watching, taking pictures, as opposed to like cheering. And I guess that because we cheer on the TV, which I know makes us a little weird because they can't hear us, and they can't hear us even when we cheer in real life, we were the only ones cheering until well after the race for first change. I mean... At that point, there were some people that were cheering partly because of the who they were rooting for, but I think like they were rooting for the third place guy and as opposed to the first place guy, and they wanted the first place guy to win so that the third place guy would do better. Like, eh. so I mean, one of the, the interesting things where I was was that uh, it's just so loud everywhere that there's no point even trying to have a conversation. Um, I was standing on the the stairways to the bridges that for the rest of the weekend we'd been told to step off of. But it was just so loud that the people running the track didn't even bother harassing photographers anymore. They just let us do whatever we wanted, which was kind of nice. So I got some good pictures. Um, so everything's done. The race is over. And then there was the podium ceremony. So there was a couple of things that stood out to me. Um, one, I've been really critical of the podium ceremony structure lately where they've got the, the big you know, stand with digital flags instead of real flags and dignitaries up there. And then um, all that kind of stuff. So I was wondering if you guys had any comments on the, the podium ceremony and how it's being done with the interviews nowadays. They had cowboy hats for their finisher, their first, second, third place hats. They had cowboy hats. That was awesome. They were Pirelli cowboy hats. They looked exactly like the normal hat, baseball hat, but they had... But they were cowboy hat shaped. It was hilarious. It might have been my favorite part. I liked it. So what do you think about the digital flags and the in- interviews up there? That's the new way it's being done. There's no point in complaining about it. I, I agree. I, I think there's really no point in in complaining about it. I think it was it was nice being being in the crowd and getting to actually see see them have the interview and all of that kind of stuff. We couldn't hear it very well because there were no speakers where we were standing, which was a little disappointing. That if you didn't have the earbuds in, you couldn't hear. Um, but I mean, it was it was nice to get to see them for longer than them spraying champagne. It was it was pretty neat to be able to watch them and then you know. 
everybody cheering for them. And like, it was a neat feeling. We were really close to being, I was really close to being able to get on the track for the end, but I was in the wrong line, apparently. Um, I ran, I don't know if we talked about this. I ran a full mile back in the hot Texas sun, carrying seven pounds of camera equipment over uneven terrain just to make it back for the podium ceremony. So I was a sweaty mess. I was really bad by the end. Melissa said I looked pretty ill. It was kind of funny. Clearly, Luke is not a runner. I would just like to say for the record that I totally called it who was going to be the um, celebrity interviewer on the podium. And I would like to say I called it for who won the race. Do we want to do some listener questions? Uh, We might as well, since the next time you'll hear from us is in the airport. All right. Uh, Nick from Auburn. Is he still in Auburn? Yes, they moved to Kent this week. Nick in Auburn. Why is it called Formula One? It's the best gasoline. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Amy? I was reading something, and it's running away from me. Uh, Most open-wheeled cars are called Formula cars, and I think it's called Formula One because it's the pinnacle of the open-wheel. That actually is the answer. I knew that it was the the pinnacle of it, but where the formula came from is the part that I don't totally remember, but that's very close to what I read. And so back in the 60s, maybe even before, you had Formula 2 and Formula 3 that were steps down from Formula 1. So um, that is the best answer I can give you. All right, we got Aaron from New York. Aaron says, is the food in Texas any good, or are you just eating at Red Robin? We have not eaten at Red Robin. Um, We have found some local restaurants that have been pretty good. Um, The food at the track was decently good. It wasn't, you know, phenomenal, but it was decently good. We ate at a lot of the food trucks at the track, which I think was more local than commercial, and it was pretty tasty. Um, But, I mean, the local restaurants we went to were pretty good. It's a big city. You're going to get good restaurants, bad restaurants, but we have avoided eating at major national chains. So Aaron, you asked me about getting a big ass hat, which I have failed to do. However, last night at the restaurant, Amy mentioned I had a big ass burger that was probably close to an inch and a half thick. The the beef was, I mean, it was a huge, it was like a three quarter pound hamburger. It was amazing and huge. Um, I didn't think it tasted all that great though, but it was, it was big. Um, It was a burger. There's not really much. I, I always feel like there's not much you can do with a burger. A burger is a burger. You can have a better burger or you can have a gross burger. Amy and I disagree on that point. Yeah, I think the first night's food at the Tex-Mex restaurant was my favorite of all the, the ones we've had so far this weekend. Um, we should actually mention last night, so we were at FanFest, and the restaurant we ate in was on the ground floor of a hotel where Heike was staying, or at least we think that the Caterham and Red Bull teams were upstairs. There was a Caterham car in the front lobby of the hotel, and we saw a bunch of uh, engineers and like team members walking through the, the lobby there. It was kind of an interesting experience. Um, pictures will probably be posted. <clears throat> All right, we'll do one more. This is the most important one. And it's from Jackie in Minnesota. How does it feel to finally see a sport live that you have idolized on TV for decades? Does it meet expectations anywhere that it falls short? I think it actually almost loses some of its magic seeing it in real life. I know that seems kind of like a backward statement and the girls might disagree, but uh, there is a, a certain amount of editing that goes on with the TV angles and, and you know, the things that they highlight. Um, when you see it in real life, it, you realize that it's just a race like anything else. There's a bunch of guys driving around a track and it's impressive and loud and fun. And, you know, the sights and sounds are, are quite pleasurable, but I think you end up having a much better time watching it on TV. It's not something that I think gets amplified being at the track yourself. So for me, I think it was a worthwhile trip. I really enjoyed myself. I can say that I finally seen an F1 racetrack and race with my real eyes, but um, I'm looking forward to actually going home and watching the TV coverage that we recorded. Uh, the cars were really shiny. 
I, I, I think there are a lot of things that I didn't, that I may have attributed in my head to like TV magic. And some of them were in fact real. Like the cars are that pretty and shiny. And I think, I think they're, sh- they're prettier and shinier in real life. Like the McLaren, when you actually see it is like a, a totally different thing than you see on TV. Absolutely. And, but I mean, all of the cars were really, except maybe the Marushas, they were a little bit garish in real life, but all of the other cars, it was like, wow, they are, they're beautiful. And so that was kind of fun to see for real. And when we, we've seen, uh, how many cars have we seen at FanFest up close? So we saw two Red Bulls, uh, Caterham, a Lotus, right? The first, first night mm-hmm. and the last night of McLaren, um, they are all way bigger in real life than you ever expected them to be. They are genuinely large vehicles. Like they might be longer than the Ford. I think they are bigger than the Ford Focus we have out there. Like they are big vehicles. I think TV, you kind of lose some of that. Amy, what do you think? Watching on TV or in real life? Um, I think watching in Austin might... I think that if we went to a different track somewhere else in the world, that some of the things that I kind of felt were missing might have been there. I mean... One of the things that I noticed was that the crowd was very kind of like sedated, like there was like waving of flags and stuff, but there weren't like, there weren't a lot of like silly hats of like car. There were, we only saw a couple of like cars on the hats and silly things like that, that you saw a lot of in Korea and in Japan. And I think that if you went to some of those other tracks where they had that kind of a thing going on, that it might be more fun and you it'd be easier to get swept up into the into the excitement of the crowd. But I kind of felt like the crowd was a little disappointing in that respect. And so I think, and I know that they did a really, they pushed really hard of like limiting what people brought in and like trying to stop some of that kind of stuff, which I think was a bad plan for for. Um, Circuit of the Americas to do that and I think that in years to come that the crowd for it to continue to be successful that the crowd is going to have to build its own energy and build its own hype and I think that that if you have that that some of the things that some of the magic of TV won't matter so much I I think you're right I think Maybe it's a fact of America not really embracing Formula One like other countries. I'm sure if we went to the Italian GP, it would just be like the craziest thing and the crowd would be louder than the cars and, you know, there'd be hats and and 3D models or something like that, you know, Fernando dolls or something. You know, like it would be a much wilder experience. You people have clearly forgotten the Mexican luchadors. Well, okay, so that's what I was gonna say. Like this race was saved by this race was saved by the Mexicans. Like they were by far the most entertaining group of fans in the entire crowd. Like they were dressed as Sergio. They had huge like eight foot flags. They had luchador masks. Like sombrero. Like the, the Mexicans were by far the most entertaining part of the crowd. The white Americans just sat around drinking beer. I think that that like. The Sergio fans kind of needed to be multiplied through all of the teams, through all of the drivers. And I know that some of the drivers think that happens. I don't think that happens for real widespread at every track. I think you're you're being fooled by TV magic. The TV focuses in on the interesting fans. I bet if you went to any race, there would be pockets of a really excited, passionate, interesting people and everybody else would be pretty chill. I think you're right. I mean, I'm sure that at any venue, there are more cool outfits and costumes and, and fans than you realize. I mean, we see that at PAX Samir where I'll be looking at pictures later and I'm like, whoa, someone was dressed as, you know, Cortana. Like I was there for three days and I didn't see her kind of a thing. So, you know, we saw crazy people, but there's a hundred thousand crazy people. And, you know, the TV does pick up on the most fascinating of each group, you know, 
throughout a weekend. Um, but yeah, watching on TV is, is more convenient. I think we could probably all agree on that. Like it's, it's an easier experience. Those of you who maybe have already watched it at home, um, you probably had an easier time following what happened where and what happened to Mark Weber and you know, like all these kinds of things where you're like at track, you're like, wait, where did that person go? Are they in the pits? I'm not sure. And it is a little bit confusing. Um, last little thought from, from yesterday race day, we, on the way out of the, uh, track saw a Bugatti Veyron in the parking lot. Like he was parked front center, first parking spot right outside the front gate. And it was drawing quite a crowd and it was fun. Everybody's like getting their picture taken with it and like, you know, sitting next to it. And I think a couple people were touching it and oogling and ogling. Cause you know, okay. So it's like a $1.4 million car. And, uh, at one point, this guy just comes strolling up and the door pops open and everybody's like, what's going on? And he just flips it up and steps in and everybody starts laughing because it was the owner. Like he was actually kind of in the crowd with us the whole time, like appreciating everybody, appreciating his car. And then he got in and drove off. And it was kind of a fun little moment of everybody just like, oh God, someone's getting into the car. Oh wait, it's the owner. That was kind of a fun moment. All right, so we are now mostly packed up. Either that or somebody is really upset <laughs> right now. I'm just saying. Where's my Veyron? All right, so we're packed up. We, I think, are going to go to the Alamo. So we don't... Amy and I do not have high expectations, but it'll be a fun trip. What, what, what are you all making faces about? Isn't it just an old building? Yes. <laughs> and that's about it. So we'll see. Okay, but Daniel Boone was there. Who's Daniel Boone? Frontiersman and William Bowie of the Bowie Knife. Wait, is he at all connected to David Bowie? I have no idea, but he basically invented the Bowie Knife. It's named after him. Really? Okay. Famous Frontiersman knife fighter. All right, well, we will go find out some history and maybe I'll be less ignorant uh, in a couple hours. Hey, everybody, we are back in Washington State. We have just left SeaTac. Figured it'd be a good time to wrap up with our thoughts, but uh, it seems kind of silly that we didn't talk about the, the race results uh, yesterday. So if we want to discuss those, we can. Uh, I mean, we got all three different uh, main drivers from three different teams on the podium. We had Lewis Hamilton winning, Sebastian Vettel coming in second, and Fernando Alonso in third. So that means the championship is still alive. It's going down to the wire next week in Brazil. Girls' thoughts on the on the outcome? It's going to kill me. Why? I, just too much stress? The stress of it? Ah. I'm in the same boat. I wish I could just not go to work or church or whatever and just stay home and watch it live because this is a nail-biter. I, I think a lot of us were rooting for, for Sebastian Vettel. We really wanted him to win. I know I was cheering for his car every single lap as it drove around. I was like the only person in our section who actually cheered out loud. I was totally totally rooting for Sebastian and when he didn't clinch the championship it's a little bittersweet but at the same time I think everybody loves the nail biter down to the finish kind of season sure I mean it's just really stressful absolutely so uh, that's the race uh, but we went to the Alamo we at least we went to the Alamo because Melissa wanted to do something historical while she was in Texas and it was like four miles from the airport and it was like four miles from the airport and it was free that's right we didn't even donate we're bad people I will say I was, I was mildly disappointed, and I really didn't want to be. Um, I don't know what I was expecting. More history? Yeah, maybe. Well, there was a wall of history. We just never actually found it. I feel like I totally missed out, because I'm still a little confused on what the whole Alamo situation was. I mean, I know a lot of people died fighting off the Spanish, but that's about it. Well, it was during the Texas Revolution. Texas was trying to break away from Mexico, which at the time was owned by Spain. And then... They didn't successfully break away? I mean, is that the story? Well, they did successfully break away, just not at the Alamo. Oh, okay. 
so the, the battle at the Alamo was a disaster, but it was kind of that rallying cry that remember the Alamo is, you know, remember the brave guys who fought for 13 days against overwhelming forces and let's, you know, make their memories count. Yeah, actually, the best part of the whole Alamo isn't the building. Uh, it's this weird, like, little mini figurine diorama kind of thing in the gift shop where it shows, like, miniature figures, like, maybe less than an inch tall. But, it, I mean, there must be 3,000, you know, Spanish soldiers, like, attacking this fort. Uh, it's it, it, That was the first time where I was like, oh, this was a really bad day for a lot of people. Like, well, and, and it wasn't even a fort. I mean, that's the thing that you realize looking at it. There are walls, but the walls aren't... Uh, it's not like they're not a, defensive walls. No, it, it wasn't a fortress. This was a, a mission. It was a church. It was an abandoned <laughs> church. It was church. It wasn't even a finished church. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it was interesting. There's we picked up some little pieces of history. Clearly, we let Amy try to take our picture in front of it. We got some cheesy tourist pictures. We realized that the Alamo is right smack in the middle of tourist trap Texas, as I call it. Yep. Or, the part of downtown San Antonio that has absolutely nothing else of value. No, we, we had to actually get out of there pretty quick because we were getting close to our flight time, which I almost made us miss by missing an exit. Yeah, roads in Texas, confusing, absolutely. We, they really are. Whatever. But we made it, and it didn't matter anyway because when we got to the airport, they were making announcements for people willing to give up their seats, which is something we almost never do. I've, I've never done it. We do, we, we're not really people with flexible flight plans. Yeah, you have but, to go to school in the morning, like we can't just, you Right, know. but... But we, they said... <laughs> people go into Seattle, we can get you on a direct flight that lands at about the same time. Instead of stopping in Salt Lake City like we had scheduled to. So we ended up with... I said, hey girls, run to the counter, and they got there first in line, and we ended up with three vouchers for $400 credit for future Delta flights in the next calendar year. Yeah. So, it's really nice. We it, can... It's really nice because we only paid three hundred sixty dollars for the tickets, so we ended up <laughs> getting free airfare to Texas and making forty dollars basically. We're taking the podcast on the road. Woohoo! I still think we need to uh, go to the Canadian GP next year with Kelly. We shall see. You never know. You so, never know. what are your thoughts on Texas overall? Like, was it a pretty nice state to visit, live? Like, what? What was your overall impression? Amy, I could never live in Texas. Why not? It is too hot. It is too sunny and it is too windy and there's not enough moisture to keep the dirt on the ground so it all ends up in my eyes and my nose. Ah, come on. It was like 72 degrees. It was pleasant. I wasn't even whining about the sun this weekend. It only gets hotter. Okay. Yes, that's true. We were here in mid-November, so, you know, maybe things would be... Well, actually, definitely things are way different in the summertime. It was mid-November and I got a sunburn. People shouldn't be able to sunburn in mid-November in the Northern Hemisphere. People get sunburned in Washington in mid-November. That shouldn't happen. Well, that, that, that's poor decision making on their part. It was poor decision making on your part not to wear sunscreen. It was November. I always make poor decisions. What about you, Melissa? Um, so as for living in Texas, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer to that. I, I enjoyed my time in Texas. It was two big cities and a racetrack, um, plus a, a very brief period in a tiny resort town. I don't know that I saw enough of Texas to know what it's actually like to live in Texas. The most, uh, I guess, surprising thing to me, I had some, you know, preconceived misconceptions maybe about Texas, but very few people with a good old drawl. Like, everybody sounded like they could have been from the Northwest for the most part. There was a little bit of, of Texas here and there, but 
maybe it was just that we were around a bunch of travelers, but I didn't hear a lot of a lot of twang. I think first we spent a lot of time around tourists, and second we were mostly in Austin, which is it's that it's the weird hippie town in Texas. It's the Olympia of Texas in more ways than one. So, Amy, it is that time we've finally returned to Washington where I can stop counting people wearing sports paraphernalia. But we do need the final numbers. Do you have the count for us? I do have the count, and I'm kind of glad that we waited and didn't go to Salt Lake City, so that way um, it was way more fun to count. Um, So our final numbers. Ferrari had 66. Arrows only ever got one. Uh, Red Bull got 25, most of those from after the race, as well as McLaren getting 36, again, mostly after the race. Um, Pirelli, the tire manufacturer, got four, including Melissa's uh, guy with a sign. They, they sold those, they sold fake um, first place caps. That's the dumbest thing I saw in the merchandise tent. It was $10 more than the official team stuff, and all it was was basically a Pirelli advertisement. Yeah. Um, there were two Saubers, um, one Michael Schumacher comeback, four Michael Schumacher himself merchandise, 21 Circuit of the Americas merchandise, uh, 12 Lotus, mostly Kimmy, uh, three Renault, nine Sergio, which also are Sauber, but they were very clearly Sergio's. <laughs> Um, one Mercedes and two very well done fakes where you had to look at it for a moment to realize that they were just making a mockery of the entire thing. Thank you, Amy, for that count. I would like to say one of the most fascinating points of this whole trip was literally being surrounded by F1 fans everywhere we went. Every restaurant we attended, every uh, every flight. I mean, like sitting in the airport, even on the plane itself, there was probably about 170 seats. And I wouldn't be surprised if 100 to 120 of those were people that had gone to Texas for the race. I was just sitting there as we were getting ready to leave and I'm hearing people talking about DRS over here and the view from turn one over there and plans for next year behind me. Like everybody around us for the last... 24 hours has been F1 fans, which was like a weird thing being an American where it barely ever gets talked about. You have to explain it to your friends. It's a totally uh, under-emphasized um, sport here. And it was just like I was bathing in F1. So this raises a question for me, from me to you, Luke, about the, about the fans. Were you at all surprised to find yourself on the on the fairly young end of the demographic not at all. I, I know that most F1 fans, especially ones that have the money to come to something like this, are probably older people that, you know, can take vacation time and have money and, you know, buy turn one grandstand seats and all that stuff. So I wasn't shocked being the youngest. I was, however, surprised at the the mixing of rivals. Uh, when you go to a NASCAR race, it's, you know, Ford versus Chevy versus Dodge. Everybody's, like, cussing and being pissed off and having fake fights. And, you know, even nowadays with, like, the political system, like, everybody needs to be, like, super antagonistic towards the other side. But there were, like, Ferrari fans and McLaren fans, like, sitting next to each other having, like, peaceful, civilized conversations, which I didn't think was possible because I'm usually not that kind of a person. So that was actually the most eye-opening part for me. Plus, we saw more than once married couples with rival team gear on. That still doesn't make any sense to me, I'll be honest. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think it's cool that people I can... I guess if you can survive an F1 rivalry, your marriage is good to go. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that wraps up the non-sequitur podcast trip to Texas. If you want to get a hold of us, give us your questions, comments, feedback of any sort, there are a variety of ways to do that. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash TNS podcast. 
You can also uh, send us an email, tnspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on iTunes, subscribe to our semi-regularly updated feed, um, and or write us a review on iTunes. Look for the non... Is it the Non-Sequitur Podcast, or are we... That's yeah. it. We're the only one. We are the only Non-Sequitur Podcast now on iTunes, so we should be much easier to find. So for Amy Luke, I'm Melissa, and that's it. Hey, look, uh, this is Rahul. I'm calling you for the tickets you have on Craigslist. If you still have them for the F1 race for tomorrow, uh, just give me a call. I have the cash. Thank you.